You're listening to Specsmith. Today's episode, ER by Curtis Cook, recorded at Flyover Comedy Festival and hosted by Lydia Manning. It's vital that you listen to this episode, stat. Hey, speculators, it's Chris. Happy New Year. Thank you for being our friends this whole year of 2019 and then also all of time. We've had a wonderful year with a bunch of great episodes, some of which you have yet to hear, but they're going to be good. We've got some cool stuff coming up in the future. First of all, hey, thank you, Allison, Juliet, and Gary, for being wonderful Patreon supporters. And you listeners, please sign up and give us money, and you get some sweet early content and all that jazz. Let's see what else is going on. Oh, yeah. On January 12th here in Portland, Oregon, Heidi Hunter writes Buffy the Vampire Slayer for an episode with high stakes and lots of fake characters because, you know, it's a parody show. (sighs) Anywho, um, what else is going on? Oh, yeah, January 19th, we're going to be in SF Sketchfest in San Francisco for a really cool show. We're going to be doing two episodes, one by Natasha Muse and another by Kyle McCormick and Lucia Fasano teaming up. Mamma Mia. we got a great lineup for that that you'll hear more about in future episodes and on social media. Chris, hey, uh, just going to break in here real quick. Uh, that I, I, I need to talk to you about your jokes, um, the, the riffs that you've been doing, um, the, the whole Buffy the Vampire thing. That's just not going to – you need to punch the – I told you, like, you need to start writing these. And then what the hell was the beginning with the, like, the vital and the stat? I don't, I don't get – Hold on, hold on. The the vital the vitals joke. Did you maybe not get it? Because uh, it's ER, and if you go to the ER, the emergency room, they're constantly checking your vitals. No, Lydia, I'm scared of doctors, and you know that. Now, uh, Chris, finish the episode. You know what else is scary? Dracula's, like in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. Uh, all right, bye, Shane. Uh, thank you for this wonderful year. Happy New Year, and enjoy the episode. Beep boop, beep boop. That's a medical beep. Big fan of bubbly soda. 
Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Liz Blanc. I'm playing Hot Doctor, and my favorite doctor is McSteamy. Hi. Uh, my name is Joe Bates. I'll be playing Tom Takar. My, my, thank you. Um, my favorite doctor is Dr. Zayas. Hi. I'm Angela Smith. I'll be playing the part of Teenage Girl. And my favorite doctor is Mario. <laughs> My name is Chris Wernowski. I am playing Ian A. Bear. And my favorite doctor is also Dr. Dre, but the one from Yo! MTV Raps. <laughs> I am Ian A. Bear, and I'm playing Chris. How do you say your last name? Wernowski? Hey, baby. Uh, Chris Wernowski. Uh, and my favorite doctor is the doctor that I dated in my 20s. Um, he had a fetish for medical gear. And he'd wear these like antique leg braces, and then he'd want me to push them to the ground, and then he'd like crawl across the ground, and he would just like tear up his hardwood floors every time he had sex. You're the same favorite doctor? <laughs> I'm uh, Tom Takar, Sagittarius, thank you very much. And uh, I'll be playing the part of Joe Bates, and actually, my favorite doctor is Black Doctor. Uh, <laughs> In 
interior emergency room night. <laughs> teenage boy busts through the door of the emergency room, carrying teenage girl in his arms like a husband carries his wife across the threshold. Her crucifix shimmers in the pale light of the hospital. It's a metaphor for sex before marriage or some shit. Help! Please help! I come to this girl to death! Hot doctor coolly turns around in a swivel chair. Hot doctor is hot in the way middle-aged white women who've never had an orgasm think a bad boy is hot. <laughs> Which is just a longer way of saying he looks like an alcoholic Italian. <laughs> Interior, operating room, night. An apathetic orderly places teenage girl on a hospital bed. Tubes and wires are quickly attached to her ligaments. Hot doctor shines a bright light in front of the patient's face. God? Not God, just me. He says that every time we get a teenage girl. <laughs> Brunette doctor saunters in. She doesn't walk in, she saunters in. She's always either sauntering, strutting, or oozing sex. Because this is a network TV show, goddammit. And if you want dynamic female characters, you can take your woke ass to a streaming service who you will also be sorely disappointed. <laughs> it should also be noted that Hot Doctor and Brunette Doctor have 100% fucked before. <laughs> They have an on-again, off-again sexual relationship on account of he's a seductive bad boy who's been screen-tested to arouse cumless housewives across America. <laughs> and she's his intellectual better who still lets him hit it from time to time in an ongoing quest to take full control of her sexuality without being labeled a prude. That way, her oozing sexuality can seem feminist without being even remotely feminist. <laughs> oh, really? Because if I remember correctly, last night you were the one calling for God, and that was also because of me. Only because at that point I would have said anything to get it over with, not that you've ever lasted that long to begin with. Please don't let subpar sexual banter be the last thing I hear before I die. <laughs> Relax, no one dies on my watch. Teenage girl starts dying. <laughs> Teenage girl convulses violently. Foam seeps from the corner of her mouth. Her eyes roll in the back of her head. Where's my crash cart? Okay, for the record, I'm sure they're going as fast as they can. Plus, this is already a really stressful job without you yelling all the time. And... I need that crash cart. Two orderlies arrive with a crash cart. Guys. Next time, just go slower. He's never gonna respect you if you keep giving it into him like that. <laughs> wow, I could really could use that advice last night. Teenage girl starts convulsing even more furiously. Hold on, say that again. Wow, I really could use that advice last night. Teenage girl's convulsions grow even stronger. Oh my god, she's got a rare condition on this. Cool. So, I guess we'll all just stand here pretending to know what that means until she's dead. <laughs> it means she's allergic to sexual banter. Even the presence of sexual tension can kill this girl. And that means a hospital.
hospital is the worst possible place for her. <laughs> or, I don't know, you guys could act professional for once in your fucking lives. Hot doctor and brunette doctor start making out with each other. Teenage girl, who, for the record, is still convulsing like some mid-exorcism flute. <laughs> what are you doing? The only way to save her is to drain the sexual tension from the room. Get over here and get drained. Apathetic <laughs> <laughs> orderly reluctantly starts walking forward when suddenly Black Doctor enters. Black Doctor is the chief physician at the hospital because in recent years the half-baked solution to a lack of racially progressive media representation has been to haphazardly place minority characters in positions of authority, thus ensuring that they will have as few lines as possible while still being viewed as an other, without anyone being able to say they were put in a denigrating position. What's going on here? <laughs> but I'm trying to save a life. Well, in that case, step one, you say we need to talk, he walks, you say, you say sit down, and it's just a talk. What? Uh, he smiles politely back at you, you stare politely right on through. What is this, 2005? Some sort of window <laughs> to your right as he goes left. And you stay right. <laughs> Silence, you idiot. This is a hospital for fuck's sake. The only song any of us know is Fix You by Coldplay. <laughs> yeah, that's why it plays on the intercom every time someone dies. And every time someone doesn't die. And whenever someone is having an emotional revelation. And when you're dramatically going down a hallway for no reason whatsoever. And when you're covered in blood and it's raining outside, so in a state of existential shock, you go and stand in the rain, smiling to the heavens like you know something meaningful is right behind the bend as the blood washes away and you're baptized in the waters of the... No, yeah, I get it. It's just, I mean, personally, I think the fray was the Matchbox 20 of the early 2000s. <laughs> okay, now you're just making shit up. No, those are real bands. You know Matchbox 20, if you've heard them, it, they do that song that goes, it's 3 a.m., it must be lonely. <laughs> oh, I actually really like that song. <laughs> Everyone likes that song. You know, Rob, Rob, Rob Thomas wrote it about his mom's battle with cancer. <laughs> <laughs> that explains why I hear it so much in the cancer ward. We have a cancer ward? <laughs> what? No, this is an emergency room. Cancer's less an emergency and more of a long, drawn-out disease that emotionally drains everyone involved. But then, why did you say you heard that song in the cancer ward? Because my aunt is currently battling cancer and I'm visiting her <laughs> where I can. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Me too. I had no idea. That's okay. I mean, thank you. Uh, just. I haven't opened up to that many people about it. It's been, it's been, it's just been tough. <laughs> I know we don't know each other very well, but, but please let me know if there's anything I can do. <laughs> <laughs> She's made a recovery. Of course, I forgot the second way to stop sexual tension is to earnestly bring up cancer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's why I'm in charge around here. <laughs> 
brilliant. You don't even have an aunt, do you? No, I do. And she's very sick. Please don't make light of that. <laughs> Miss, just get this girl out of here before something else happens. And someone treat the boy who brought her in. He's in the other room with a wicked case of blue balls. <laughs> Interior, emergency room, lobby, night. The ER lobby is entirely empty, save for our central characters. Teenage girl has been sent home with a clean bill of health. And teenage boy went home hours ago after jacking off in a bathroom stall. <laughs> Surprisingly quiet night. Yeah, where is everybody? I pray for slow nights like this. It means the city's staying safe. We zoom in on the apathetic orderly reading a copy of the Riverfront Times. Oh, hey, did you guys see there's a comedy festival in town this weekend? It's called the Flyover Comedy Festival. It's not a festival, it's an invasion. Brunette <laughs> doctor turns and winks at the camera. Who's on the shows? A bunch of people. Let's see, Angela Smith, Ian Aber, Holly Linnae, Joe Bates, Chris Warnowski, Tom Takar. <laughs> I've never heard of any of those motherfuckers. <laughs> it's true, she had never heard of any of those motherfuckers. Yeah, you know, honestly, I kind of hate comedy. They all nod in agreement. Regardless, let's that vigilant. Okay, it's a little known fact, but studies show ER visits spike during comedy festivals. Apparently, there's something dangerous about having that many alcoholics in the same city. <laughs> but Chief, we've been so slow recently. Yeah, we really haven't been busy since, well, you know. Yeah, I know. The Ferguson riots were tough times for us ER doctors. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, does Darren Wilson still live around here? I think he's in some sort of witness protection program or something. Well, wherever he is, one thing's for sure. I hope he has to bury his child. <laughs> they all nod in agreement. After all, if there's one thing we can all agree on, it's that comedy sucks and Darren Wilson should have to bury his child. <laughs> Exterior, hospital parking lot, night. Suddenly, the flyover comedy festival shuttle pulls up to the ER. It's covered in blood. A disgruntled crew exits the bus. Interior, emergency room lobby, night. Various comedians enter the ER. We meet them one by one. Joe Bates enters the ER. He looks like dogs playing poker is legitimately his favorite piece of art. <laughs> He's also visibly drunk. Ian Aver enters the ER. He looks like Jolly Dutch Boy who lost part of his soul in a foxhole in Vietnam. <laughs> Chris Wernowski enters the ER. He looks like if Ian Hebert had a son he was ashamed of. <laughs> Ian 
Monte Carlo enters the ER. He looks like if you brought him to your house for a family dinner, everyone would think he was white, except for your one racist uncle who fought in the Gulf and thinks it's okay to say the N-word so long as you put the word sand in front of it. <laughs> All four of these men are beaten, bloody, and in desperate need of medical attention. Please, help us. <laughs> the four men pass out. Interior, Tom Takar's ER room, night. Tom lies in a hospital bed. He's linked to an IV drip. Brunette doctor stands by his side. So your name's Tom Dakar? Yes! Brunette <laughs> <laughs> doctor flips through the notes on her clipboard. But on your paperwork it says your name is Tom Brady. Yeah, I changed it. I was sick of being confused for the other Tom Brady. I get that, but why did you use Dakar? It's kind of clunky, you know? It's my dad's surname. So why don't you just go by Tom Dakar to begin with? Well, I kind of had a complicated relationship with my dad because he was, uh... Indian? Not, no! <laughs> I was going to say because he was never around! Uh, <laughs> that kind of explains the whole comedy thing, though. What?! <laughs> You're a comedian, right? You're here as part of the festival? Yeah! I am! It's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, you enjoying your little skits or whatever? Most of them are good, though. I do have one tomorrow. We're at the Rita Spec script as part of a podcast that I'm not too excited about. What's that? A podcast? Uh, it's like a radio show where a divorce guy tells you about MeUndies.com. <laughs> no, I meant a spec script. Oh! It's like a script you write for a show to show you get the show's voice. But this one's for a podcast, so it's a script for ER, but it's written by someone who's never actually seen ER. That sounds convoluted in a way that isolates me as a non-comic. Yeah! <laughs> I can see that, but it's usually pretty fun. Anyways, do you have any medical shit you want to tell me about? <laughs> oh, right, I almost forgot. You have a rare liver disease, and you have two minutes left to live. What? <laughs> And the worst part is, I should have told you two minutes ago. The sad trombone noise plays in the back. <laughs> Tom Takar dies. <laughs> Brunette doctor turns and slams her fist into the wall behind her. Damn it, it never gets any easier. <laughs> Interior, Chris Ranowski's ER room, night. Chris is lying in a hospital bed. He's hooked up to an IV drip. Black doctor stands beside him, looking over his charts. So, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a journalist. <laughs> a journalist? Like an actual journalist? Or a journalist like a guy who tweets some stuff sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> like an actual journalist? <laughs> oh, good for you. That's, that's really a thankless job. You have to wake up every day and do something a lot of people hate that doesn't pay enough money. That must take a lot out of you. What do you do to relax? Stand-up comedy. Damn. You must really hate yourself. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. Oh? I mean, I do. I just wouldn't say it out loud like that. Well, at least you're doing, you're just doing stand-up and not really wasting your time by doing something completely ridiculous, like, say, 
organizing an annual comedy festival in St. Louis. <laughs> okay, well, for the record, it's not a festival, it's an invasion. <laughs> Chris turns and winks to the camera. My point is, your life is filled with stress and it's starting to affect your heart. Do you have anyone in your life you can talk to? Someone to help you take the edge off? Actually, I've got this really great girlfriend. We've been together for years now, and she's been supportive and caring in a way I truly appreciate. And does uh, she hate herself? <laughs> I mean, she's with me, so probably. <laughs> well, look, even with a love like that in your life, your health is in danger. You need to avoid any additional anxiety because you're one bout of stress away from a fatal heart attack. Just then, Burnett Doctor struts into the room. Hey Chris, just thought you'd like to know that your friend Tom is dead. <laughs> Chris has a fatal heart attack. <laughs> Black Doctor turns around and slams her fist into the wall behind her. <laughs> Damn it, it never gets any easier. <laughs> Interior, Ian e. Bear's ER room, night. Ian e. Bear lies in a hospital bed. He's hooked up to an IV drip. Hot doctor stands beside him, reading his charts. Sup, sup. 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 Hey. Howdy. Hiya. Hi there. Hello. <laughs> Ciao. Aloha. So. Oh yeah. Ian e. Bear and Hot Doctor start making violent love to each other. <laughs> There's a lot of spit and slapping involved. <laughs> At one point, Ian does that thing from porn where he somehow manages to lift up his leg and put his foot on Hot Doctor's head while fucking him from behind. <laughs> oh God, oh God, oh God. Not God, just me. <laughs> Ian and Hot Doctor come together in the way that only happens in TV and movies. You know, because like, sure, sometimes two people fucking each other come at the same time, but usually one person comes first and then the other person comes later. Or one person comes and then the other person doesn't come at all. But in TV and movies, it's like, oh, they both came. Just like that. <laughs> Then they roll over and the woman, assuming it's a heterosexual love scene, is always wearing a bra or a nightgown or some shit. And it's like, okay, so you expect me to believe this dude got her to come, but couldn't be bothered to get her top off? Yeah, right. Anyways, they come together. <laughs> and in the heat of passion, neither of them notices that the IV bag is torn in half and spilled on the floor. As he pulls out of Hot Doctor, his cock is still throbbing in ecstasy. <laughs> and wet with his doctor's juices. <laughs> Ian takes a step back onto the wet floor and slips, cracking his skull on the top. Hot doctor gasps, his mouth agape, not unlike his freshly ravished asshole. <laughs> Hot doctor spins around and punches the wall behind him. Damn it, it never gets any easier. <laughs> A thick wad of cum gently trickles down his thigh. <laughs> Interior, Joe Bates' ER room, night. 
Joe Bates lies in a hospital bed. He's hooked up to an IV drip. The apathetic orderly stands next to him, glancing over his charts. Man, what's up, Jack? <laughs> oh, I'm not a doctor. I'm just here. Well, is the doctor on his way, or? <laughs> Probably not. The general feeling was that of all the people who came in, you were the most expendable. <laughs> so they gave you to me. But the good news is that if I save your life, I'll pretty much get promoted to be a doctor. <laughs> well, if you're trying to save my life, let me give you a tip. <laughs> Step one, you say we need to talk. You want to say sit down, it's just a talk. Dude, I love that song. <laughs> me too. They were in the Matchbox 20 of the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite song is Deepest Bluest by L.O. It's from the soundtrack to Deep Blue Sea. It's about how LL Cool J's head is like a shark fin. Here, I'll rap it for you. Deepest, bluest, my head is like a shark fin. So what's wrong with you? Uh, I got caught up in the moment. A lot it seems, but medically speaking, it says here that you've got alcohol poisoning. But it also says that you're from Indiana. So honestly, it's hard to tell if you're drunk or just from Indiana. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. Anyways, you got your fentanyl? <laughs> Joe Bates and the apathetic orderly start doing fentanyl. <laughs> you know, this might be the Indiana talking, but I love opiates. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. What kind of self-respecting white Midwesterner doesn't love opiates? Joe abruptly dies of a drug overdose. <laughs> Damn, that was surprisingly easy. <laughs> Interior, hospital hallway, night. It's been a rough night. The ER staff has lost patients before, but never this many all at once. Despite their decades of shared experience in the medical community, the wretchedness of death still haunts the ER staff, and they each decide to take a moment alone to recover and prepare for the night's next challenge. As he heads back to his office, hot doctor walks slowly down a hallway. When you try your best, but you don't succeed. <laughs> Interior, hospital chapel, night. As he kneels down to pray, Black Doctor looks up at an oddly bright light. When you get what you want, but not what you need. Exterior, hospital parking lot, night. Brunette Doctor, who, covered in blood for unexplained reasons, <laughs> saunters out of the hospital and into the night, her arms extended to her sides like a reluctant Christ. You feel so tired, but you can't sleep. Out of absolutely fucking nowhere, it starts to rain. Stuck in reverse. <laughs> Fights will guide you home and ignite your I will try to fix you. 
audience and the listeners at home know where they can you can find them uh, online and whatnot? Uh, you can find me at uh, Curtis underscore Cook on Twitter. <laughs> Michael, you can find me at Kenyon Comedy on Instagram. Um, I'm at Holly Lene uh, everywhere else. <laughs> you can find me at uh, GabePacheco.com. You can find me at LizBlanc.com. You can find me <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Bates Comedy. <laughs> you can also find me at Joe Bates Comedy. No. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on all social media at Chris Warnowski. Try to spell it. <laughs> uh, you can find me at America's Gay Christian Sweetheart.com. Come to Baby. T-H-A-K-K-R. live episode in Portland, Oregon on January 12th as Heidi Hunter writes Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I want to listen to your pod, love. <laughs>